0: Welcome back to the Deep Dive, the podcast after show for the Amazon original series, The Boys. My name's Toby Shaver. I'm back again with my brother, Dave. What's up, Shavy D? What a finale. So excited, Oh, Toby. yeah. How yeah, you, how, this, is, how, how this is a big now? one. Doing awesome. So, you know, obviously we're at the end of season one here. So, I mean, what's your initial reaction? How you feeling about the last episode?
1: Oh baby, what well, there's just some amazing payoffs. Um, I can't wait for season two, obviously, and um, it it almost ended like a like a you know like a mid season break or whatever. So I'm just I, I'm so I feel very lucky that I didn't watch this season until now where i know that i'm going to be able to jump right right into season two so i'm just so stoked oh my god
0: and i did but fortunately i'm just so old and you know i've fried my brain too bad that i forgot so many of the big twists especially some of the ones towards the end but uh yeah for a for a season finale it was you know equal parts satisfying but also just leaving you just completely hanging on a couple Things there, oh, so uh, right. let's let's get right into it. So, awesome. um, You know, we start out we're in Syria, and we see you know kind of a special ops team, you know, basically doing some kind of operation. But then, you know, before they're able to pull the trigger on whatever they're doing, Homelander swoops in and is basically like, "Hey guys, I'll I'll take it from here. You know, but yeah. you're the real heroes." And you know, that <laughs> yeah, like, once you guys have a smoke break. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, he goes in and it's, you know, some kind of drug operation and he pretty much just brutally murders everybody there and just, you know, kind of takes out the situation. And then now here's where I was a little unclear that I wanted you to clarify for me. I mean, essentially his goal here was to, um, you know, show, uh, have the story that he found compound V there, but did he just physically plan it right then? Or is this a place that already actually had it? Do you think?
1: Uh, My assumption is he, he had that in his vest the whole time and he took it. out. That's what I figured Oh, This is what I found because, you know, like you said, it was, uh, it looked Brown. So I'm guessing it was heroin and it was, uh, and it was just men and women. Like it wasn't like it was a a hit squad. It was, you know, I don't, (laughs) Uh, yeah it was just he just went in and basically murdered a bunch of drug dealers and uh Uh,
0: just with a smile you know
1: oh dude the satisfaction when he walks out of the building before he goes back you know after he's just wiped everybody out basically yeah almost exclusively with his lasers so it's just really brutal you know ripping people in half and stuff and then uh you know, he steps on the one guy's head near the end and, and takes quite a bit of satisfaction in that as he hears it, you know, crack like oh, an eggshell. Um, but when he walks out that back door before he goes back to tell him mission accomplished, uh, yeah, the fact that he kind of just kind of stretches back and just takes that deep, uh, deep breath of like just, you know, self satisfaction. It. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that too, that he gets almost everybody with the laser eyes, you know, then of course the boot stomp, because that's kind of his MO most of the time. And it's almost like, you know, these people that he's killing are not even worthy of him getting his hands dirty. He basically just does it in the most, you know, impersonal, like, you Mm -hmm. know, just stomps on them and they're, they're, they're nothing to him. You know, we haven't seen him really have to punch anybody yet.
1: Right. And he's even (laughs) made a comment in a, I don't know. It was just the last episode or two, but he, he, you know, he's several times he's referenced that he is, you know, he and the other seven are not like the others and, you know, they're special and they're better and all those different things. But he even, I forget, called one person, you know, you mud people or whatever. So like he, you know, just truly doesn't think them worthy of his time or effort. So yeah, I mean the idea of, breaking a sweat to deal with these people that, that, that would be so beneath him. So he just basically lasers their asses, you know, into, into pieces. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so then after he, he kind of comes out of that, um, we see Madeline talking to somebody, I think from the Pentagon, you know, kind of saying what they found and he's super skeptical of the whole thing. Oh, they just, you know, they just happen to have this, these, these primitive, you know, third world countries were able to synthesize this, this thing, you know, you know, he's very skeptical of the whole situation, but you know, she pretty much puts the leverage on him that look, there's super terrorists out there. Everything that you've purchased up till now, all the, you know, Tomahawk missiles and everything else up till now is just worthless. Now, you know, we had, we're the only game in town essentially.
1: Yep. Yeah. He makes basically, you know, Calls him out for, you know, what's, what's the biggest moneymaker at, you know, I forget who, which companies she uses. Right, like Lockheed Martin
0: or something like that. Right, Raytheon,
1: General Dynamics, you know, different places like that. But basically it's like the, you know, uh, you know, the, uh, stealth bomber. Patriot missile. the, The, the Patriot missile, then the stealth bomber, and then the, uh, Tomahawks and the Abrams tank, and they're all just a big pile of shit now because, you know, we have super terrorists and, uh. You know that they, they they can just swat those off like you know irritating flies or something like that but then right. i liked also just the fact that she is now in a power position where she's just brazen because at the end of that conversation she basically says something to the effect of does it really matter how they were created or how they got the compound v they exist now and we're the only right. game in town that can stop them so yeah let's 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 move on type of thing it- so you know, she's feeling very proud of herself, or very uh, she's very impressed with herself as that scene
0: yes. goes on. Well, and things had been looking a little grim for her, so it's it's turned around fast for Madeline. So she's yep. she's it's a feast or famine. But uh, so then we see the boys kind of laying low and finding out that you know, after everything, you know, with the whole deal with Rayner and the CIA, it's pretty much all falling apart. She's had to renege on, on, most of that deal. And now oh. they're, uh, now they're fugitives. So, you know, they're kind of scrambling, you know, they basically get, they, she's still going to protect the families and everything, but, uh, and that's about it, all they get. Right. That's all they get. Yep.
1: Yeah, that was great. And, uh, you know, and, and it was beautiful too, because it was just, you know, it wasn't just that conversation. I like how they were all kind of working their angles, you know, mother's milks on yeah. the phone, like, you know, let, you know, this is the greatest story ever. You know, this is, this is, this will make your career, you know, are, right. are you interested in this, you know, um, Huey's just sitting around, you know, gazing longingly at a photo of him in starlight on his phone. And, you know, Frenchie comes in with, you know, from the store or whatever. And, um, yeah, yeah Huey's
0: great... been a little off his game ever since the hotel. You know, the super savvy, you know, like savant Huey is is a little... He's a little rattled ever since his, his, his uh, sleepover, so... Yes. Um, but yeah, you're right, I love that scene. I love how you kind of see it's all kind of shot in one kind of thing, seeing everybody taking care of business mm-hmm. in their own way. Um, um, And then, you know, basically they're telling telling Billy Butcher, look, that's it. You know, we, we tried, but we're out now. I mean, our families are in danger. None of this went the way it was supposed to go. Everything, you know, wrong that we, all the reasons we said we didn't want to do this. It's everything that's happened now. And, you know, and we're out and, you know, Butcher gives, gives kind of one of his, he's just got those little speeches ready to go, you know, enough, you know, whether it's inspiring them for the mission or whether it's, you know, reminding them how they're going to be screwed if they don't, you know, do things his way or whatever. He always has a way of kind of smoothing it over, which, you know, he kind of does temporarily. And then says, Huey, you're with me. And they, they take off to see Mallory, who now we realize is, is still alive and just, you know, in retirement and mm-hmm. and watching birds. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, I love I love the line of, uh, well, it was either uh, alcoholism or bird watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That, that I like that, and uh, yeah, because basically before Butcher leaves, he's just he's like, you know, give me a couple hours. Huey you're with me, and and uh, yeah, you know, because like you said, I mean, they were ready to go, and uh, yeah, and so yeah, he, he they, uh... and that was a really cool scene. The Mallory scene was nice because it's. Sp- it was one of those things where it was very little dialogue, but it spoke volumes. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't have that many w- words exchanged per se, but that but they really broke it down to each other in in, in yeah. so many nonverbal ways. And
0: uh, yeah, you and can I like feel it. the history between those two.
1: Absolutely, and the the idea just that they both were. It would just be too hard to really acknowledge how much. They both were both, you know, the problem and the victims. Them, You know, they both had suffered greatly, but had also, you know, brought a lot of it on themselves or whatever. And I think that got conveyed. And I even liked specifically the comment about, uh, they, they, lamp uh, Lamplighter had ta- had burned, uh, her grandkids so badly that they couldn't even use dental records. They, he had melt basically melted their teeth. Yeah. You know, just the, uh, the brokenness of, you know, where that would
0: leave you. Um, Oh, it's so sad for, for, you know, kind of to see Mallory in that situation because it's, it's way worse. Like it would have been probably almost better for her you know, had they just killed her too, you know, because now she has this very, you know, lonely existence where she just probably just thinks about her grandkids all the time. And it's just, you know, yes, she survived, but it's, you know, super bittersweet to see, see kind of where she's at now. But well, uh, my and, th- and yeah, that's yeah.
1: my. I was just going to say that that's such a. Uh, you know, that's that that is really. What is horrific? I mean, it would have been a blessing to be dead. You don't know right. anything, you're gone. You don't have to live with that. And I'm sure, you know, I would assume somewhere down the road, you know, or at least I hope that we'll see more of what actually went down. And when we do, I have to believe that they, after that kind of result, You know, I'm not one that would be inclined to take myself out, but that kind of loss or that kind of pain, I could see thinking about it. And my thought process is that if we ever do see how that went down, there was probably a threat on her of as bad as this is, you still got a couple people out there that we can take out. And if you take yourself out, we're going after them. So now you're going to have to walk around and live with the fact that you lost your grandbabies because of what, what yeah. after because of coming after us. You know, I
0: mean there's just the whole cold-blooded. Well, yeah, and the psychological. Do, well, do you get the impression story. that that she is that the seven are aware that she's alive and are are just glad that she has to live with that grief cuz I kind of got the impression that you know, she had to be in hiding. So, like, not only does she have to live with it, but she also has to be alone and can't, like, you know, move on with a normal life, you know, because she has to be just off the grid or whatever. That was kind of the impression I got.
1: Um, I certainly could believe that you that that's accurate, but I, I took it the other way. Okay. You know, I just, I think that, well... I may be giving too much credit to Vaught and to the superheroes because, again, there have been we have seen throughout this season that that there are things that they're not. You know, they weren't able to find translucent in time. They weren't right. Uh, um, you know, there's other things where if they were that omnipresent, or you know, or, or had you know that much knowledge of what was going on everywhere, you know, they they would have. Already been able to take out the boys quicker And, and so, so on and yeah. so forth So I mean I guess I could see how that would be accurate But I guess just thinking of How diabolical and how vicious On a psychological level So much of this is Is that I would you Yeah, know, I, I thought of it as a conscious thing of leaving her alive To suffer
0: Yeah that's very possible So but. um, But yeah so she's not Really you know Butcher's there for any kind of help from her and she's completely not having it, but he's able to, you know, appeal to her at least enough to get one tiny piece of information, which is, you know, Madeline Stillwell, that there's something there. There's some, I, I wish I had written it down. I actually love the way she described it, you know, because she was like, it's her relationship with Homelander is, you know, it's close, it's intimate, but hard to quantify or something right. like that. Which is a very good wo- yeah, dist- It's a very good way to describe, you know, everything we've seen from yeah. it because it is intimate, but it's extremely hard to, you know, really put a label of any kind on it.
1: Right, because basically what she is, she's his handler and has to placate him. And sometimes that requires a, a, a bit of a mommy role and sometimes that requires a bit of a seductress and such. But, uh, Yeah, I really like how Butcher basically broke her or, you know, Mm broke, you know, basically got the, you know, you created me, you trained me up, you pointed me at Homelander like a howitzer and you let me go, you know, you owe me and that's why you owe me. And she's basically like, you know, I'll give you a little bit, but that means you go and never come back and you keep your promise this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And that's what she said, that it was odd and yeah. How, what you just said is basically what they said, and that that's uh, that does describe it quite. quite I'd be
0: much. interested to know more about what her back backstory is, because if she's the one that you know kind of founded this whole mission, you know what was her thing that set her off against Vought and the Soups in the first place?
1: Well, obviously, yeah, because obviously it's vengeance because she's like you know. You know, you're going to do what you're going to do, Butcher, but don't take the other, don't let the others go down with you. And then she even kind of appeals to Huey as far as, well, she says Hugh, um, you know, basically kind of, you know, don't, don't, don't go down that road of vengeance. Um, My belief is that because she's agency, that it wasn't. And because they went personal when they took out the grandkids or whatever, I think that um, my gut tells me that she maybe had a squad that got too close to something and got mm. taken out where it was a almost like a professional vendetta.
0: So and when we see her in that flashback the first time um, showing Butcher the video she was probably didn't really know him at that point. She was probably working that case in some way in her position and and that was probably the first time he became part of her world. Would, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. You mean like okay. yes, Mallory and uh, and Butcher? Right. Yeah, he was definitely not a professional. Like she from that point forward, you know, he she did that. She I think that Again, because people when you're working in black ops, you know, so much of that stuff is psychological and is, you know, basically you're, you're, you're creating marks by manipulating them on, you know, psychological and emotional levels. So she's, I mean, it was almost like a gift probably to her, like find somebody that's that, you know, has had that kind of loss and that kind of collateral damage from the soups. You know, that's the exact kind of person that would go, you know, would do anything to to seek retribution and such. So Right, yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely the vibe I got from that.
0: So, uh, after they meet with Mallory, they kind of head back to the host, the motel where the, everybody was laying low. And Butcher can tell that, you know, it's been compromised and that they've already been taken. So, they just kind of go by but then you know that kind of brings things to a head again between Huey and Butcher because Butcher is basically like well we just gotta keep on with the mission or whatever and Huey's like what the fuck we gotta we gotta help them you know you brought them into this you know we've been all in this together and they're captured you know we gotta go save them you know which of course you know I don't know I mean Butcher's just obsessed at this point and just can't can't uh see clear to to do any of that yeah um
1: are we gonna circle back for the well i was
0: gonna say why don't we let's leave that there and then we'll we'll come back around to that when we get there so you know that that's basically all we see at that point in the episode is them kind of you know driving by and having a little bit of that conversation but that you know yeah yeah um, they pull
1: they pull past the hotel and and is just you know he's i mean again he's he is a savant with the manipulation in, in certain ways, but he's, uh, you know, he's a he's a rube. He doesn't
0: really know what's going yeah, on. He would have he's never like, noticed the seafood tr- or the flower truck or right. whatever. Right, so, I mean, basically,
1: <laughs> you know, Butcher's like, eyes front, eyes front, Huey. And then he's like, you know, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, there's a new window. They've scrubbed the walkway in front of the door, and there's a big black van that says, you know, whatever. I'm sure they're in there waiting for us. And then they, uh, you know, it looks like they pull behind some abandoned factory and they're, you know, Butcher's going right to changing the license plate, you know, and he's, yeah he's on mission and, you know, and Huey's just more and more coming to the realization that, you know, he's just a pawn in this game and, you know, that, you know, he kind of confronts Butcher on, you know, you're just so, so ready for Homelander. You'll, you'll sacrifice everybody. And, you know, did you even really ever care about me or about Robin or about, you know, any of this, this is, I was just being, you know, you were just using me and, and he's kind of like, of course I I am and or I was and um, and then he's like, you know, what about Robin or whatever? And and Hughie's like, I think I'm doing this for Robin. And uh, Butcher's like, you know, all right, whatever.
0: And he's like he's yeah, there. You know, basically, yeah. it goes a separate ways. Um, so uh, then we see Annie goes home to mom's house to confront her about the. Uh, lies of the past so finally finally the stage mom's getting confronted here and you know she basically says hey what's uh you know what's compound v and mom plays it off pretty good you know she's like "Oh, i don't know what should what's that i don't know should i know about that (laughs) and uh you know so yeah she just basically uh interrogates her about it and get you know they get into a big thing about it and you know She finds out that essentially that is now now she knows that's why her dad left, you know, that he thought he was going to be on board with it. And, you know, I'm assuming the mom just took shit way too far, you know, because she was making it all about herself. And, you know, it was just too much for Annie's dad. And that's why he took off.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's sitting at, you know, when the, that scene starts, you know, she's sitting at the table playing with his pipe and basically says that she had hid right. the pipe under this floorboard when he left. And, you know, with her little secret desire was that he would, you know, come back for it or whatever. And mm-hmm. he never did. Yeah. But, yeah, after she basically confronts the mom and she finally admits to it and it wasn't ever about money, it was about, like, you know she claims it was about allowing Starlight to be all that she could be when it was really right. about her living vicariously through her. And, uh, and yeah, I, I basically just got the sense of not so much maybe that the father got put off by the mother's lust for the adoration or, you know, whatever she was going for, you know, whatever personal satisfaction she was going for. But, you know, I think that very, very likely the father was you know, maybe it really did start out that way, maybe for both of them. Um, that it was, you know, your, your your kid being a soup, you know, just gives them enormous potential to have a very special life. And, uh, and I think maybe, and again, I really am anxious if they do in further seasons, later seasons, introduce the father. I, I'm anxious to see, you know, if he comes back and who he is. But, you know, quite conceivably... You wouldn't even have to change necessarily that you grew to think that the idea was all that awful. You could still kind of understand where you made that original decision in the first place. But I I think as a father, you know, um, when you look at your child, you know, eventually they would grow to a point where they would you'd start to see that they have their own unique dreams and aspirations and the idea of you know having having to lie about that or having to you know put on a on a act or a front that could just maybe be too hard you know it's uh yeah so when she said you know he was good with it until he wasn't and you know i i took it as a you know, maybe it wasn't even so much that it was a soul searching thing for himself as much as maybe it was uh, you know, we've done this and I can't I just can't lie to my child anymore. So it's maybe yeah. not, you know I don't know. Again, yeah. I, I would I would certainly assume that if it if it, you know, continues for a few more seasons that, you know, hopefully that will get maybe fleshed out in a, in a flashback or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I could just definitely see that mom, you know, driving a man away for sure, you know, with her obsession. You know, because even if if you... I, I would imagine when Vaughn approaches these families, it's, it's with the hope for a better life, or maybe they just tell them, you know, what they think that particular family wants to hear to motivate them to to participate in this but you know that's not to say that each individual parent isn't going to just take it in their own direction you're going to have some that you know maybe say oh hey this person's going to have some special abilities but we still want them to have a somewhat normal life you know and just later in life maybe these powers can become more a part of their life you know like it goes back kind of the same thing like if you if your kid was in the entertainment business or something there's some parents that are just going to be full on 100 percent into that where there's others that are going to keep a real healthy balance and, you know, keep their kids in a normal school or whatever. Whereas, like, Starlight's mom is the type that, you know, had her on the pageant circuit right away and had her training and doing all that stuff. So maybe dad just wanted to be a little bit more reasonable about it. But uh, who knows? Again, you know, we got another season, hopefully more to maybe he'll pop up later. Yeah, I think maybe it'll turn out he... He's uh, Huey's dad's sidekick, and, and you you make know, both a, of the theories are out
1: there. Well, again, I, I'm not 100% that that's Huey's dad. So, um, But the, uh, yeah, no, I think you make a, a valid point in the sense of that, you know, putting a child in an advanced, like, say, a travel baseball team, because they show a a natural ability and a love for the sport, you know, you could very much be one parent that feels that and, and, you know, the connections you make and the, you know, it it does, you know, participation in in a higher level athletic endeavor can pay dividends down the road on different levels. Whereas another one might be, okay, in this particular town, if they're on this particular team, it puts them on a different social level. It puts them on, you know, it's a, it's, it's your golden ticket into a, uh, a, a, you know, uh, a group or a, a segment of the population that, you know, other people aren't privy to. So, um, you know, I mean, it kind of just goes back to more of a basic, you could both start out thinking that it's something good for the child. And as time goes on, for one, it continues to be good for the child. For the other, it starts to be good for them. So,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah I
1: mean, fair.
0: Um, so uh, let's check in on The Deep, you know, who is still uh, banished to Sandusky. And, you know, when we find him, he's at, he's talking to uh, Larry or whoever. And it seems like Larry's, you know, he has some connection to Va. You know, he's maybe just like a regional manager or something because he's been in in communication with them or whatever i thought he when we first saw him i thought he was like just you know some sandusky community government person but uh you know because deep's getting ready he's excited you know now that the military thing's coming up he thinks hey this is my chance you know they've never been able to properly train the dolphins to do the you know mine detection and all of that and i've always wanted to have a squad and stuff yeah. um and then obviously gets shut down and they're like oh no they're they're not calling you back you're you're staying down here
1: you're the savior of sandusky <laughs> yeah i uh i don't know i mean it's funny in a way you know some of them but like it's almost gotten to the point where he's such a sad sack that i i hope it pays off at some point because yeah. i'm kind of like i don't it's it's a it's it's becoming redundant now and I don't know Right. Like well they're spending
0: less and less time in it, with him at least, you know, they're not not uh overdoing it too much, but who knows, man, maybe he'll he'll come around and be, you know, he'll turn on the seven, you know. He'll actually have some useful powers or something.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, you know, obviously the, you know, good choice of music, everybody hurts and uh <laughs> Yeah. You know, he kind of has the breakdown and, you know, it's almost (laughs) like the scene from, uh, you know, The Wall. Yeah. You know, where he loses his mind, shaves off his eyebrows and everything in The Wall. He obviously didn't (laughs) shave off his eyebrows in this one, but. uh, Yeah. um, Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, again, I guess it was, you know, if if it's all a setup to him having a nervous breakdown and then now he's motivated to do something there's some sort of confrontational thing in this upcoming season then you know i'll yeah. i'll understand then where they were going with it but right now it's just it's almost you know it's almost too depressing to watch you know it's yeah. very, you know it's, it's it's
0: well yeah it's just a little comic relief now at this point it's just to you know lighten thing, things up or whatever but uh um, and speaking of, of soups, you know, heading for a breakdown next, we see a train, you know, first, mm. first he's at the sneaker store, you know, kind of losing his shit with the customers and, you know, they're getting them on, on video on their phones and stuff. And, you know, he's, he's hit, having a bit of a public meltdown.
1: Well, and it's just so typical of, uh, you know, and again, I mean, I think it's fair that, that, um. You know, I don't believe in critical race theory per se, but I do think that, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of douchebags in this world that, you know, are very racist or very, you know, have, have, you know, distinct, you know, issues. And, you know, the whole idea of him being watched by the security guard and then, you know, I'm fucking a train. Yeah. And I'm Homelander and then he realizes that he really is a train. Oh, I'm sorry, you know. It's uh, you yeah. know. I didn't realize. Well, yeah. You know, that's not good enough, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was a you know, it was a good good way to put him in that mental framework where he would go back to the V.
0: You know, right. So. We're wa- we're watching him melt down. We're watching him see his you know, like Shockwave's got the, got his own sneaker deal and, you know, we're seeing him see the next guy that's on his heels coming up while he's, you know, hobbled and on crutches and stuff and, you know, the next time we see him, he's got the brace on and he's out trying to pull the train and, you know, his brother shows up and is like, you know, what the hell are you doing? It's too soon. Um, but, you know, now we know he's, he's just juicing up again, um, and trying to, Trying to get back to a hundred percent, and then we'll we'll leave him there. We see A train in a little while, but um, yeah, I mean, the dude's crumbling. Basically, he's done all the bad shit that he's done, and you know he's losing favor for sure. In the seven, you know he's he's not in Homelander's good graces at all, and the dude's just coming unglued.
1: Yeah, he's losing it. So,
0: um, so Huey catches up with Annie at the church. He, she must have mentioned something to him at some point. She said something about like likes to come listen to the choirs or whatever. So he finds her there and is taking his his shot again to explain himself to her. But she's still pretty pissed at this point. Obviously, first time he's seen her, I think since since she got taken out by the rifle, right yeah um but you know again she's kind of storming off on him she's not really threatening to arrest him this time but she's storming off and he's trying to you know tell her what's going on and you know basically he says that Vaughn is creating these terrorists and that's enough to get her attention a little bit um you know so he is really just appealing to her saying look this if You wanted to be a superhero. You're a superhero. So you need to... There's bad stuff going on. You know, it doesn't matter what I did or what you think of me right now. But You need to, you know, investigate this and stop this from happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really... I more took it like that he was not there for her. He was there to get her help. Like, I don't think he was there to try to patch things up with her. I think he was there to... Because he... Doesn't want. Oh no! To, yeah, no. Like yeah, bullshit. I
0: agree. I agree. You know, yeah, he, I don't think it was a, a, about their relationship at that point. I, I just mean it was about the whole situation with getting her to understand that these people she's working with are bad people.
1: Right, and she thinks he's kind of piling on, like you know, do you want to tell me anymore? Like how I was created by these, you know, this drug and so on and so forth. Yeah. And he's basically like, you know, it's all about trying to get her to help him on this mission. And then, you know, when she kind of says, you know, I haven't saved anybody in a long time or whatever. And he's like, you saved me. And, you know, and that's where it got a little personal and that, you know, when she's like, you got 30 seconds to get out of here and he's going to leave. And, um, and then she says something as he's walking away. And then that kind of allows for, uh, him to basically, you know, just say you're a hero, you know, that's what you do. And, uh, you know that's kind of why you need to do it but
0: um yeah. yeah so um so uh now they're having some kind of party i don't i don't i didn't really understand what the occasion for that party was you uh, know, other so, than just s- celebrating the the contract that the government contract yeah is that what it was okay so mm-hmm. so that's officially gone through them basically um you know in light of everything that's happened so madeline's there you know kind of schmoozing with everybody we see black noir playing a little piano i oh, can't
1: wait to see <laughs> yeah home. i
0: can't wait to see more about yeah i have i have theories about him as well but mm-hmm. uh so madeline you want to hear a weird theory i have that? for him what's it, what's that
1: i think he might be mother's milk's brother oh really well cuz mother's milk said he has a brother
0: that's an interesting nev- theory there's never been another mention of it but my theory is a little more broad i think that he's a white dude i think that they're going to have it be you know because they've made such a point to talk about how you know he fits the demographic you know he's working in detroit but atlanta's bidding for him and you know or, oh wait, no. That was the other guy that they talked about that for. But uh, um, they've made a big deal about you know Black Noir. Obviously, he's Black. Black is his name, and you know they've made that such a thing that I feel like just with the comedic bent that this show has, that at some point it's going to turn out that he's not even a black dude. That that's just a marketing thing. I mean,
1: I could <laughs> see you know I could see that twist, but I don't because they've I... never
0: said he's black. Really? I mean, have they like overtly said that he's a black dude, or is it just like totally just implied? With with, mm, I th- I think it.
1: Yeah, I think he might be. I, I'm pretty sure he is, but uh, but I don't. You know, but I that, I,
0: that... I like yours better though because yours is actually interesting to the plot. You know, mine mm-hmm. is just like a joke. You know that they would be making, but uh, yeah, he did mention that he has a brother, so that's. Uh... It's a possibility so then we get to meet mr edgar shows up at the party to see madeline from the 82nd floor um played by Giancarlo esposito who i love from breaking bad and uh also the mandalorian he's awesome in in that too um, i was just gonna
1: say he, he must be doing something right these days because not only is this this have a, the potential of being a really good character you know with a lot of uh clout but uh I mean, my goodness, he, you know, he he shows up on the Mandalorian with the dark saber and you're
0: like, I can't
1: wait to see what his backstory is going to be, you know, so. uh, Oh, yeah. He, 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 he,
0: uh, after Breaking Bad, he, you know, had his pick of anything he wanted to do. He just crushed that show so much. Um. But, uh, yeah, she shows up to tell Madeline that, you know, hey, we got a $40 billion a year contract. You're going to get to wet your beak on that, and you're going to get a promotion. You can come work with me, you know, up on the 82nd floor. And, you know, things are things are all your plans, you know, all your dreams are coming true here.
1: Right. I, I, I'll need you to shadow me for a while before I retire to Belize or <laughs> whatever he says. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. good stuff.
0: But yeah, essentially she's being groomed to take over for him.
1: Yeah, loving it, loving it. I I like the, uh, you know, he's an actor that just naturally brings such gravitas to to any role. So it's, uh, you know, we've seen him for all of, you know, whatever, a minute. And, uh, you know, I totally buy that he is the guy on the 82nd floor. You know what I mean? So, So, yeah, that was cool to see him.
0: Well, you knew that the 82nd floor has been such an effective, like, threat to make, a a name to drop that, you know, seems to, you know, even stop Homelander in his tracks. So you knew it had to be somebody somewhat intimidating up there. So, you know. uh, A major player. Yes, for sure. Um, So then Homelander shows up and, you know, is kind of... He's still a little standoffish, you know, she even tries to, when they're talking, tries to grab his hand at one point and he kind of pulls away because, you know, he's still pretty pissed that, that, uh, you know, she had been keeping some information from him, but, you know, through their conversation, he's like, so, you know, don't you think it's a bit of a coincidence? And it seems like he's kind of grilling her again, like he was about Becca Butcher um you know it's like it seems like a coincidence that you know all of a sudden there's these soup soup terrorists you know just perfect timing just when we needed them to show up and she's like yeah yeah it does and you know he essentially confesses that he's the one who made that happen he just took a bunch of compound v and spread it around to a bunch of jihadists and you know, it didn't pan out for a lot of them, but, you know, some of them survived. So now they're going to have a bunch of supervillains around the world.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it was great, too, because I think that the, you know, what I took from the confrontation or whatever, I am mean, not really confrontation, but she's basically, you know, kind of just leaning over the balcony or leaning over the railing, I think just contemplating on all the great news she's just received and the potential, you know, where that could take her. You know, and then the nice thing about him is that... Uh, You know, she's always, there's always that sense of that she's somewhat gaming him, but at the same time is definitely walking on eggshells. And I think that, you know, especially when the two of them are together, it it most exemplifies when he is, you know, he's obviously the one that is the most invulnerable physically, but is almost constantly in pain internally so you know that's a lot of what i took you know even from the simple like moving his hand away gesture and so on and so forth forth but you know um when he basically makes the confession about how he you know sent a train all over the world you know dropping off the you know after he had taken had had you know commandeered some of the the compound v and sent a train off with it to create these heroes or these villains i should say um you know we haven't even got the full taste of it yet but like i don't know like for as powerful as he is there's always been a sense or i've had at least a, a little bit of a sensation as if he's you know he's just not quite all there mentally you know, as far as I mean, right. obviously, he's a bit crazy and demented and all that stuff. But like, I didn't know that he had it in him necessarily to facilitate that kind of plan. So now by admitting to that, that was all his idea and his doing. I mean, he has just ramped up the potential, you know, m- maliciousness of him. You right. Know, to, to, I mean, he's cranked it up to 11. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. it's on now. So, uh, but
0: it wasn't a. It, it didn't go too far. Like it wasn't an unbelievable leap because, you know, they made it kind of clear that it was done in a pretty, you know, unscientific way and haphazard way. You know, he he didn't he didn't care about any collateral damage. You know, obviously a bunch of people died because it wasn't being administered by Vaught in a you know right. kind of controlled way. It was more just, you know, real underground. Right.
1: Right, and none of that, you know, the death of people doesn't bother him in the least. What oh, I no. like about it is, no. is is the idea that, uh, you know, there's always just kind of been a sense of that he's doing it, you know, doing, he's motivated by, you know, adoration of the public, uh, acceptance of Madeline. Um, you know, there's something that he is seeking, you know, where this was, you know, he understands power. He understands, you know, he understands more of how the game is played than he has let on to this point. And that's what I liked about that scene. Yeah. And then, you know, when she basically, you know, takes him up to the office after that, you know, it's really, you know, he's kind of proven in that, in that portion of the scene that, that he has the ability to take the power himself. And I think when she takes him up to seduce him, it's her attempt to take some of that power back is how I, I, how I viewed that, that
0: exchange. And again, another uncomfortable sex scene type situation between them. It's, you know, and they're playing it very well because he is this, you know, uh, this basically beast almost, you know, he's this, you know, she has to be very like, gentle with him not to not hurt him but not to get him to react in a way that's going to just kill her like at Mm -hmm. one point he kind of has his hands, you know, he has to basically push him away because you know, this guy's just capable of, you know, well we heard it again in the collateral damage support meeting, you know sex obviously with any of these people is a risky proposition, you know, Mm -hmm. under any circumstances, so yeah he does the um, he does yeah the, that was the hip, awkward <laughs> he does the
1: hip grab and she's like easy yeah. easy soft yeah. and then he does the quick little butt slap the two little quick yeah. butt slaps so and she's like no 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 you know and yeah because that could just get you know i mean yeah yeah he could crush her and no time but the uh yeah. but yeah it was uh you know and and uh you know, after that, you know, they basically, you know, she, he's laying there with his head in her lap, and you know, the the, the savage beast has been soothed, as they right, say. Right, right. So, um. And uh, um. Go ahead. And I just love that. I mean, the the uh, the. All right. Let's. Uh, you know, we're kind of there. We're comfortable. We're. You know, bygones, and then it's the. Let's just you know let's never you know promise me you won't lie to me you know no more lies
0: yeah whatever he says yeah and and then well because that was a thing for homelander it was like a a moment of of you know he was unsure when he told her about the compound V and everything if that was going to be something that she was super pissed about you know or if it was something that she was totally happy about so you know that was like his his uh ultimate reward you know she finally paid off you know he finally finally took care of business so um but yeah it was great so also at the party we see uh annie and Maeve have another scene together you know a follow-up to the scene they had previously in the elevator where you know if you remember she was telling the story about oh yeah the story about breaking your arm stopping the or boss or whatever it was saving the kids pulling the bus back from going over the bridge or whatever right right but she was like oh i guess that was all written by the written by the marketing guys so maeve's kind of showing her you know here's the scars that actually did happen Um, my 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 bone never it, it didn't heal straight yeah you know and she's kind of kind of opening up to her and saying You know, I used to be you. Everything that you're doing now, you know the the kind of you know goody two shoes thing. That was me too. And you need to keep that. You need to stay that way. You know, it's too kind of just kind of like saying it's too late for me. I've already seen too much and done too much, but. You know we need you to be the kind of positive person and to to continue to be who you are which was nice it was a nice moment
1: well it was great because the the whole lead up i mean annie's basically you know when she's talking to the one sailor um you, you know it shows that she's basically pounded about seven or eight drinks She's, you know, flirting and doing, like, the hard flirt. Like, basically, you know, sometimes my eyes light up when I climb yeah. X or whatever she says, and she kind of gets sick. Like, at first, you know, you're not almost sure if it's because she's, like, disgusted with herself, or but, yeah, obviously, once she's puking yeah. in the bathroom, you know, it's from the drinks, <laughs> but uh, but also yeah. a little bit of self-loathing. Maybe a little of both, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> but I, Maeve sees her, pa- you know, pa- she passes Queen Maeve, and Maeve follows her into the bathroom. And, yeah, and I just love it because not only is she, you know, letting down her guard for probably the first time in a long time and telling her, you know, yeah, I really did break my arm and never healed right and, you know, so on and so forth. But she's like, you know, you know, back when I was like 23 and you could bounce a quarter off my ass, you know. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, then I started giving away little parts of myself and now I've kind of given it all away. And she's like, you know, one of us needs to be that irritating goody two-shoes. And that's you. Yeah you know and yeah and you kind of get that look and uh now don't get me wrong i mean annie is annie so like i love annie and the you know more pure girl you know the good girl next door outfit and all that stuff but boy was she looking sexy oh that, yeah because you know, her hair was kind of tussled from puking and she had a little bit of that yeah. like, like kind of smeared mascara and <laughs> i mean that's like a you know I mean, that's like a hot woman right after you, you know, you've thrown down in the sack. You know, oh, yeah, she's uh, she's definitely a hottie.
0: Um, so yeah, so that relationship is continuing to kind of, you know, you really get the feeling Queen Maeve's starting to look out for her a little bit more, which is you know a good thing. I I, I like Queen Maeve. I'm I have high hopes for her in, in the next season of kind of being. On the on the right side of things, um, so, so so BB's uh, Billy Butcher's off on his uh, his thing, and Huey, you know, I mean Huey's on his own, but he's still gonna try to rescue the boys. So you know, I fucking basic, love him. Basically, Golly, he, love him. you know he's a hero. He's a hero, man. So he gets himself. Uh, he just goes back to the the motel, you know, just in. The funny thing was exactly as Butcher described it, you know, right? When he's walking by the flower van, they all pop out and, and pounce on him just like he said they would. Um, but we'll, he gets thrown into – go ahead. I,
1: I, I could, well, what I love is that, um, again, attention to detail. Because right as he's getting ready to walk up on that, knowing what's going to go down, you know, you see him push his finger up on the roof of his mouth. So. yeah. Like we'll get into the specifics after he gets captured, but like I, what I completely thought is when Butcher pulled that tracking device out of Mesmer's pocket, out of his jacket before he killed him. I basically yeah. thought that's what he was putting up in his mouth. I thought it oh, was going to be a yeah. like, homing beacon to like tip off, you know, Butcher, Annie, somebody. He was basically going to be the guy that brought the cavalry, cavalry in. Yeah. Um. But then, obviously, once he, uh, you know, gets abducted by the crew and they and they, th- you know, throw him in jail with, uh, you know, take him to the to the black site with uh, Mother's Milk and uh, and Frenchie.
0: Uh, yeah. They throw him yeah. in a cell
1: and uh, and uh, go ahead. But uh, that's a great scene in and of itself.
0: Oh, it is a great scene. It, it, it's an awesome scene, and you know, basically, he's like, "I'm here to, I'm here to rescue, you. I'm here to save you." And, he's he's got what he was popping up there was his retainer um he just like poly gripped it in there um because he remembered talking to Frenchie about how he can pick a lock if he's got any with any you know he just needs anything you know
1: well what i love is before he even tells them because basically they they couldn't have the comment they had if he they knew it's like basically you know he's he's hooded he gets thrown in the cell they rip the hood off and you know mother's milk and and uh um, French here, like, hey, you know, be be careful, you you know, you okay, any broken yeah. bones or whatever, and they're like, you know, yeah. so what's the plan, you know, what what's Butcher, oh, uh, Butcher's not here, you know, where is he, uh, he's not, he, we got separated, uh, oh, how'd they, you know, how'd they split you up, you know, whatever, they're, they're looking for, he's like, no, I, it's me, I'm here, he went on to, he went after Homelander, I'm here to save you, and, and they just, they, they both have that, like, little smirk, like, you know, God bless your little pee picking heart. Yeah, God, you're, you're, yeah, you're cute. You're cute as a button. And then Wrench like, uh, like I, I'm, I've never. He, he seen kisses such him. A flagrant, he kisses him. You know, yeah. Someone that has so flagrantly thrown away their life. Like
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God, that was so awesome. And you can uh, see a, the little bit of hurt in Huey's eyes. And then he's like, mm, No, I'm here to save you. Didn't you say you could pick any lock? Well, and then he, you know, says that he. Probably, Polly gripped his, uh, <laughs> his uh, 12th grade retainer into his mouth or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, no, like, um, yeah, so it's awesome. It's awesome, and, and it works. I mean, they got to knock it out. I mean, they're Frenchie's all I, – I love when he's trying to get the retainer out. and You know, Mother Smoke's like, get up in there, Frenchie. You got to get up in there, Diva, Frenchie. <laughs> yeah. there, deeper, Frenchie. Um, and, and, they, and eventually had had Mother nice Smoke day. has to, like, hit him in the jaw, basically, to knock it out.
1: And they had had a nice little exchange earlier, you know, Frenchie and mother's milk about the daughter and about the, you know, mother's milk actually called Kamiko by her name. And, you know, there was just a nice little, you know, I mean, obviously things went bad years ago and there was a lot of bad blood, but you know, Uh they're back to being truly the boys, you know, they're they're they're, you know, they've buried the hatchet in that little bit of, little bit of time, you know, in that cell before Huey shows up. So, Um, so yeah, so like they're just, yeah, he's trying to pick it out of his mouth and he's going deeper and deeper and, 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 uh, and, uh, you know, oh my God. And then the mother's milk, you know, you just, you, you knew it was coming, you know, when he's like count to three, you knew he was going to go early, but just, uh. Oh, he's like, we're not there yet. We haven't, you know, we haven't exhausted all options. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> exactly, We're not on that
0: step yet. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're not to that step uh, yet. Well, yeah. So. so they get out. You know, they're they're able to get out and kind of, you know, get get some weapons, knock out some of the uh special ops guys, and then they see they find like a like a room that's like a hospital kind of bed where Kamiko's you know, in the bed and hooked up to stuff. So, you know, they got to get her out. And I love I love this whole scene because they very realistically had Huey not know what to do with the gun. Like, you know, in, in a lot of in a lot of movies, they have, you know, maybe somebody will be fumbly with it, but they'll still somehow reload it and stuff or know what to do. And he's just like, I don't know how to reload it. What do you mean reload it? You know, and I just liked how they do that. They made him very realistically awkward with it.
1: Well, and all of it too, because like, obviously they see, you know, um, Frenchy sees Kamiko, So he's very inspired to help her. And basically she's in a, yeah, she's like in a little holding cell, but in a, you know, she's being intravenously fed some sort of trank or whatever. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, judging by the, the mesh in that window, it's one of those shatterproof, you know, bulletproof glass things. So they're, you know, they're not just going to be able to bust the window and, uh, basically, um, You know, when the enemies show up, they shoot him and they shoot him, you know, through his dominant shoulder. So Frenchie's out of commission. He can't go to save Kamiko and he can't fire the gun anymore. So it perfectly leaves him, you know, conscious and and, and, and all right, but but basically incapacitated in the sense of being able to help. Mother's Milk kind of, you know, says, you know. I'm going for
0: her, you know, I hope she's yeah. that type of thing. And- well, he kind of looks at Frenchie and just sees the look on his face like, mm-hmm. oh, geez, this this yeah. is not just some girl to this guy. Right. I got to go get her.
1: Yeah. Yes, well said. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said, not only once he, you know, runs the first cartridge out and he has to reload, which was a great, like, you scene where I mean, Frenchie with one arm has to do it for him because he doesn't yeah. even, like, he doesn't even have the knowledge to, like, Hey, just do this. And then, you know, Huey just right. does it. It's just like, I mean, he's just lost, but I also like part of what made that so believable is where he jumps up and he's firing. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cause he killed yeah. the one guy right away and he's firing. But then when he runs out of ammo, you hear it going you like it's just clicking. Because he doesn't know. Like, he's not... Right. He's not trained to stop. Right. He thinks to, he's still shooting. <laughs> right. He's got you no know, muscle memory type of training, you know, type of thing. So, yeah. it's, uh... Yeah, it's just great.
0: And just... Yes. Sorry, Huey sorry, apologizing to everybody. Yes. Yeah, he, he... It was very, uh... He, he reminded me of Peter Parker in, in Civil War. You know, when he's all of a sudden having to fight all these people. But he... You know, like, he's apologizing to him throughout mm-hmm. the whole fight and everything. So, yeah. um... But, uh, so, um, they get out and they kind of like, they get Kamiko out and then they're all kind of like taking a breath and, and kind of feel like they've, they've, uh, they're clear of that. But then, you know, more special ops guys just get the drop on them. Um, so now they, they, they're pretty much screwed again yeah, on your knees, but face star- the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then Starlight shows up. So you see the big, big light come from behind, and uh, you know Starlight basically shows up to to save the day. Yep,
1: because I'm a superhero. Yeah. She says.
0: Yep. Yeah, I do. So. I uh, yeah, you that know, was mean, H- Huey's uh, inspirational speech paid off.
1: Yeah, it was great, and I just love the fact that not only you know, well, it was Huey planted the seed, and then I think it was Maeve that really you know, pushed her over the edge to, you you know, to take action on it. But I just love that whole scene because like, you know, then they're basically, you know, working, you know, heading out. They're, uh, Frenchie and and MM are, you know, carrying Kimiko and they're heading, you know, they're heading to the exits. And, uh, and, um, that's when A-Train shows up. Right. Right. And, uh, and basically like mother's milk and, Frenchie have already passed through the threshold of the door with Kamiko, And then uh, Huey starts shutting the door. He's like, go, go, I'll get out. Of, you know, I'll handle this. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. or, or, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll get out of here or whatever. And, you know, you go. And uh, that was just a, you know, well, go ahead and like describe the scene or whatever. And then I'll, I'll, I'll make the comment that I, I want
0: to make. Or well, whatever. I mean. I mean, you pretty much did. I mean, we're there. Like, they, he, he's gotten everybody else out, and then A-Train's there. And, Star, and at the same time, Starlight's kind of telling Huey, yeah, you go too. You get out of here. You know, I've got this. Go." You, well, you A-Train know, out here. is saying to Starlight, basically, so you are the rat. You are the... Right, right, rat. exactly. Like, everything that they thought, you know, even though it, it uh, wasn't true at the beginning, you know, to A-Train, it looks like you know, what Homelander suspected or whatever is actually what what happened the whole time. And, uh you know, and then again, he's say, saying stuff to Huey as well. But uh Starlight's urging Huey to get out of there, too. And I love that Huey's just like, no, this is... I'm the one that he's after, and I'm not going to just leave you here. Right. You know, so here's this guy again who really has... I mean, there's not shit he he's can do with A-Train at this point. He's not going to be able to... You know, right. talk his way out of it or whatever, but he, he's brave and he's doing the right thing, you know? He is a man of his own.
1: They might not be everybody's ethics, but, but they're his ethics and he sticks to them. And one of those yeah. ethics is his loyalty. And that's a big part of what was on display there. And I really like that. And, you know, and that kind of started to soften things. And then she's kind of like, after he's like, no, I'm going to stay with you, um, she's like, you know, go away, train. And uh, he's like, you know, no and then she kinda starts powering up and starts yeah. going for him and that was a cool special effect as far as him dodging the light beams to get close enough to knock them knock her down and huh. you know, and Howie, or Huey was already on his way down because just the, the power emanation from her was already knocking right. him over, you know, when, when A train got close enough to knock her down. But what a great little intense scene where they finally do, you know, A-Train kind of grabs, grabs a shirt and it's like, you know, um, you know, the, the the only person I've loved is, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you, you know, you, you cost me her basically, or I don't remember the
0: exact verbiage, but. Well, you, he says you, know, you killed her and, and Huey's just like, I didn't kill her did he say that like this yeah he he says he 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 says you killed her and he says and this is like the second time because they kind of went down this road before when you know they were at the apartment and you know Huey again is just like I didn't kill her and he's like well you know I killed her but you made me do it you know
1: but it was your fault right but that's why I'm saying I didn't think think he said you killed
0: her yeah I think he did I think he, he he's like you killed her you know
1: Okay. Well, either way, yes, because he basically, I, I just wanted, I just, he finally acknowledged that he killed her because you could see the the, um, the understanding in Huey's eyes as he takes that in.
0: And uh, Right. And then so he, all of this, all the anger, you know, combined with the compound V and all, all, everything just kind of you know, comes to a boil and, you know, A-Train goes into cardiac arrest and just, just drops. And, you know, of course, again, Huey, you know, goes in and starts doing CPR and, yep, you know, Starlight's like... He says... I mean, number one, she can't... Yeah, number one, she can't believe it. You know, she can't believe that, like, he's dropping down and helping him and you know yeah you're right he's saying you know call 911 and she says call
1: an ambulance and she says he'll never stop coming for you and he says i know but i've got to do this and uh and that's when you see in her eyes that you know there is potential for forgiveness now i mean she has now seen that he is the man that she thought he was
0: right yes
1: which is so nice which is nice
0: i i i wanted this season to wrap up with you know starlight not hating huey at least you know and i think i think he uh got a little redemption in her eyes at that moment probably a lot of redemption um, yes absolutely but uh i mean we don't really so that's it that's the last we see that we don't know if a train pulls through that at all we don't know what happens
1: right and she basically we leave it as their hands kind of touch because she starts to take over the compressions and she's like no go you go right you know it's your only chance or whatever um and then she's you know she continues compressions while he takes off so
0: yeah yeah it was great it was a really good
1: uh I, I like where they're sitting now at the end of this season, going into the next, because it really, right. it, uh, you know,
0: yeah, and it's an interesting position with Starlight because she's now, you know, trying to save his life, and if she does, you know, A Train has shit to say about her. Even if she sh- saves his life, you know, A Train can tell the tale, but if he dies. You know, it's just it's going to be a weird, you know, if if a train doesn't pull through this, then, you know, Starlight can continue to just be within the seven and nobody necessarily really knows any different, you know, about her loyalties right. or anything. But if a train lives, then we got a different situation.
1: But at the same time, what I thought immediately was when he, if he is, if he does survive and she tells him that Huey basically helped to save him. And then the thought of like, you know, basically the last a train left his brother was you're a jealous piece of shit. You know, you always want, you were always jealous of me or whatever. So like, you know, all of that coming to a head and being, you know, and having a near death experience, you know, um, you know, I mean, I, I I feel like it was left with, you know, Annie. any, Queen Maeve and A Train all have a very real potential to be flippable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I like I like that aspect too. But yeah, you're right. I mean, Annie was de- certainly taking a risk by trying to save him, just like Huey was taking a risk. So I I like. Well, that it's like you you almost
0: to... think it. And as good as Annie is, you know, and as as uh, you know, still somewhat untainted as as she is at this point you know you don't really know that she would have really tried to save A train had Huey not tried to first you know she might have been content to just be like look this you know this guy would not save me right now but i think she was very inspired by him too so like these two these two you know kind of bring out the 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 best in each other but yeah it'll be interesting to see where that goes cuz that was that's where we left them. So um, now all that's left is you know Billy Butcher. He's going for Homelander. So um, oh. you know we don't know how much he knows about Madeline Stillwell. We just know he basically got the name and has has figured out where she is because she comes home from work and you know there he is sitting in the shadows and just. A, just a beautifully tense scene because you know she doesn't know where the kid is and you yeah. know because her baby's there and the nanny or whatever and you know just this whole thing he's got this leverage over her and is basically saying hey you know we don't we know that you are his only weakness that we know right. of."
1: yeah because she's like you know what it's asking about the baby he's like you know baby's fine Nanny's out back sleeping off some chloroform or whatever, you know.
0: I, yeah, it's, it's not chloroform, propophile. but I forget what it's said. Propofol.
1: Yeah, and uh, um, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm basically here to, you know, you know." And she's basically thinking that he's seeking some sort of physical weakness, and she's like, "That everything in the under the sun has been thrown at this guy, and and nothing stops him." And he's like, uh maybe you're his weakness or whatever you know how he doesn't say maybe you're his weakness but you know he's basically like yeah no it's you're what i'm here for you're what yeah. i'm considering his weakness so uh yeah. so yeah so then when uh um you know we see uh basically after he's confronted her then the very next time we see them um you know she's. We just see him standing there looking at her, but now she's got a full vest of like some thick bricks of C four like all over her and everything. So, yeah, you know, yeah. just basically waiting for,
0: uh waiting for Homelander to show. And I love the way they play it. He can kind of hear that that you know he's showing up or whatever.
1: Hears him up on the and roof. He j-
0: yeah, and he just starts talking to him because he knows that Homelander can see him. He knows that Homelander can hear him. Yeah. And he just starts talking to him and says, you know, why don't you just come on in and join us? You know, he's,
1: he's like, I know you can see. He's like, I, I know you can see through the wall or the roof or whatever. And he's like, why don't you quit acting like a rapist Santa and come down here is what he says, basically.
0: And I think even while he's still outside, does he tell him that he's got the the dead man switch there. And then it's like, so you should come in and, and talk about it or maybe yeah. tell him yeah. that after, yeah. after he's already in there or whatever. But uh, yeah. Um, you know, so he just kind of comes in and, you know, they're just having this conversation about it. And, and Homelander as well is, is, is just under the impression that, you know, he must want something You know, but basically just comes to the conclusion that this is just he just wants to hurt him. You know, he just basically wants to, you know, destroy him, not necessarily physically, but just to hurt him the way that he he hurt Billy Butcher. But uh, I just love the part where he's like, do you even do you even know? I mean, if you've come this far, you must have some some evidence that I did this thing.
1: Well, that's what he, before he even gets that far, he just basically says, uh, um, again, I don't know how he words it exactly, but he basically says, um, you know, what's your end game? And then Butcher kind of says, I'm here to hurt you, you know, and he's like, oh, you know, so, you know, I've hurt you and now you want to hurt me by hurting her or whatever. But... I love the fact that I have doubt now because like, although I certainly assume that it's just him fucking with butcher mentally by saying, Oh no, no. You know, she came on to me as a matter of fact, she came three times, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously that's what a rapist would say or whatever, right. or, or, you know, the, 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 you know, a, a manip, an evil, manipulative rapist. Right, um, but the, uh, uh, but now that you know, I I do have a little doubt. I mean, again, the video. That you mal- have to have
0: some seed of doubt because Homelander really, other than just the image that he portrays, we haven't seen him out and out live that much, and he doesn't necessarily have a lot of motivation in that moment to lie about that really, because right. I'm guessing in his mind right now, he's the only one walking away from this confrontation anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he not there's no leverage here that anybody has. So, you know, he could very well be telling the truth. We have no, no confirmation of that yet.
1: Right. And I just love the fact that he's like, uh, he's like, you're, uh, he's like, you're not afraid. He said, I'm not really used to that. You know, your, your heart's, you know, yeah. your heart's beating fast and so on and so forth, but it's not fear. It's, it's anger. He's like, and yeah. that's, that's new. And, uh, <laughs> and so there's almost like a begrudging respect for that. But then, like you said, he starts kind of questioning him. He's like, well, obviously, you know, um, you, you, you have to have some facts, you know, I mean, you assume that I, I killed her, um, you know, that it was me. So like, you know, what is your evidence? How, you know, what, what. What exactly do you know? And he's just, he's, yeah. like, he's like, this is no time to be the strong silent type. You know, it's just such yeah. a, I mean, oh, I love I know. it. I mean, ooh, I know. <laughs> they're, they're a great, that's a, just a great juxtaposition, those two. But It is. It's awesome. Um, but so, um, so as he's basically doing this, like kind of you know, doing the back and forth with uh, Butcher, You know, Madeline, every couple seconds, is just like, you know, take Teddy upstairs. And she's, like, having, like, meltdowns. And finally, he's just like, shut up. Yeah. And goes over to
0: talk to her. Yeah. And holy shit. Go ahead. Yeah. He basically kind of says, you know, you didn't think I was going to find out. You didn't think I was going to. You know follow up on stuff you know your stories were close but they weren't exactly right you know so i went back and you know basically squeezed the information out of the doctor and you can hear his Uh, hand um,
1: how just how much he's gripping his hand you know so like i like that
0: so you were right the doctor who said you know i'll be honest with you was not was not completely honest Mm -hmm. and uh um you know so we find out that the leverage Billy Butcher thinks he has over over Homelander does not exist because Homelander essentially just grabs Madeline's head and just looks her deep in the eyes and just fries, you know, laser visions her face out, essentially. Yeah. Pretty gruesome.
1: Oh, yeah, because you could see like that. <laughs> it was basically your eyes and her brain got melted because you could see like a, a yeah.
0: hollow. Cranium, like a crater almost like uh, almost like a couple little meteors hit Yeah Um, Yeah. That's craziness that they they killed her off in the first season, you know, unfortunately because she's such a great character I would have loved to have seen you know seen her beyond season one, but uh, yeah, I mean homeland that That makes him such a horrifying character at this point point. Because she really was his only weakness that we know of at this point. Right, and um,
1: and you could tell that he was done with her when basically, you know, back at the the earlier scene after they had uh, had sex, he, he he's like, you know, let's never, you know, never lie again. And she's like, I'm sorry, I just wanted to protect you. You know, it's, it's just so hard to lose a child to, to miscarriage or whatever. And you see his eyes, like he knows. He just, I mean, that's when he knew... I mean, that's when all of us knew, as as viewers as well. But like, no, you know, it was getting getting down to the nitty gritty. But I like the fact that before he actually did her with the i beams, you know, it was the, you know, you don't love me. You, you maybe you never loved me. What is it? What is it? I I'm afraid of you. Thank you for being honest. I mean, yeah. Oh
0: so good just so just you know, malicious yeah. I'm glad you brought that up I actually forgot about him asking her that because I think that again is gonna just contribute to him going down an even darker path because you know that was the only person probably that ever loved him or he thought she loved him and now you know in his mind probably no one's ever loved him right you know Absolutely. So he's uh, he is completely untethered now to humanity, yep. so it'll be. Uh,
1: and uh, and I just love that, like as that's all going down, and you're just like, "Holy shit, did that just happen?" And then then you just see Butcher like, kind of just does a little smirk and shakes his head, and he's like, "Fuck it," and just lets the yep. that's the the throw switch go, and you know he's going to end yep. it. You know that 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 was my leverage. You know maybe I can't hurt him even with all the C four or whatever.
0: But, but I, I at least let him not hurt me, you know, take a shot at him, you know, maybe I'll get lucky or whatever, but, uh, yep. He lets it go. And then, you know, it just kind of fades out to, you know, we see him on a, you know, very well manicured lawn, you know, you hear the sprinklers and stuff and he, he just wakes up on his back on this lawn and, you know, just beautiful sunny day in a cute little neighborhood um with with and, uh lander standing over him hey yeah hey sleepy <laughs> head
1: he you've he been out for quite a while yeah
0: come on come on
1: you're um, gonna love this
0: come on yeah he's like you love this <laughs> um and then we see you know a little blonde boy you know walk out from from the house and oh, you're Homelander. He's like, yeah, you know who I am. Do you know who else I am? (laughs) And then, uh, you know, kind of all of this is all happening at once. And we, we see Becca walk out and, you know, first she looks, you know, a little shocked at Homelander, um, and then really confused when she looks down and sees, (laughs) sees Billy Butcher there. Um, I was confused. And then Homel- Homelander just lets it, lets it all out. And it's like, yeah, yeah, your mom didn't tell you everything about me. I'm also your dad. Right. You know? Do you know and who then, I am? Uh, and he's like, Homelander, do you know who else yeah. I am? Yeah. No? <laughs> oh, your mommy
1: didn't tell you? I'm your father. And then his yeah. eyes glow and, oh, Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, the And uh, then that's that, it. That that's season one. between the butchers. I just can't wait for the explanation of, you know, I mean.
0: Oh, there's so many different ways it so could go. So many different ways. You know, with what's been going on. Right. You know, it could be very much a a forced thing where she's just, you know, just under threat of, you know, maybe she has to just stay there and be quiet about it to protect Butcher, you know, or maybe she's, who knows? I mean, she could, could have thought he was dead or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, (laughs) I'll be interested because part of me, like, one of the thoughts I have is that she just is, is being maybe pragmatic, like in the sense of you've now given birth to this, uber powerful child you know like if let's say that it was a rape you know that it, she became impregnated because of a rape you know the potential that this ultimately powerful being has to just wreak havoc on the world he wreaked havoc on you and now if you agree to you know not because of a non-disclosure agreement but just because if you you know relinquish your former life you have the potential to raise a good homelander and that could be an appealing thing i mean that that i'm just trying to think of ways where she could rationalize the idea of just leaving everything behind
0: yeah that's the that's the way i think because and we even talked about it on the last episode um, you know, specifically because Dr. Vogelbaum, you know, talked about how you have to be raised, you know, by a mother. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just does. It does something that can never be fixed if you're not. And I I, I think that's the angle, you know, because I, obviously we know Homelander didn't know about this all this time. So I think that the doctor, maybe independently of of Vought, I mean, we don't... I, I, we may never know what Madeline knew, but I think maybe the doctor, independently of Vaught, relocated them and tried to give them a chance of exactly what you're saying for yeah. her to raise raise a version of him that actually has a heart and has some humanity.
1: And you can tell even in that those couple seconds that that kid is a good kid.
0: You know? Yeah. But yeah, absolutely, Madeline knew
1: because she wouldn't have said made up the lie about the you know the miscarriage. I mean, I think that she. She might not have known where she was located exactly, but she... Right. You know, and again, like you said, it might not be a full Vought thing, but I I, I certainly think that the Doctor and Madeline were, you know, were in cahoots. Um, yeah. But the... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, there's a lot of... Uh,
0: when you have to wonder, too, you know, because they've spent so much... They've made it such a plot point in the season... You have to wonder what what's up with Madeline's baby. Right. If maybe yes. that is Homelander's seed as well, and maybe they're setting something up, you know, for there to be two, you know, two spawns of of Homelander out there. You know what I mean? And that's assuming that he survived. Because well, he... yeah. I mean, if it was just a normal baby, obviously there's there's no yes. chance. Yeah. yeah. Um, the nanny is certainly she slept through it, you know. God bless her, but she's gone for sure. Well,
1: she was out back, so I mean, there's, I guess, I'm, I mean, I, again, if realistically, if you had, a she whole, would have had
0: to be way out right, back. Right?
1: I was going to say, if you have a <laughs> vest full of C four, you know, that's that's putting a crater in in half a city block, you know. So, so yes, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm fully understanding, but,
0: um, it just see it seems like they that baby. Was way too much of a Although you know that baby could have served the plot only to show us Homelander's disdain for children. You know that that might have been there for that reason as well. But I have a feeling something's up with that kid. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do too. Um, and not even necessarily that it's Homelander's seed. It could be just that she's had that baby on the on the compound V or whatever. Um, but. Uh, We shall see. So, fortunately, we don't have to wait long. We can jump right into Season 2 that is now available.
1: Oh, so exciting.
0: And I'm excited. Um, So, that's going to do it for the deep dive for Season 1 of The Boys on Amazon. And come right back, because we're not taking any breaks here. We're going to be releasing Episode 1 of Season 2 right here shortly in the next couple days so in the meantime check out everything else we do over at the shaverbrothers.com and keep up with all the other podcasts after shows and and fun stuff that's happening over there so until next time thank you for listening i'm toby shaver i'm Shavy D. we'll talk to you next time on the deep dive peace